0: Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of his promise to fly like an eagle? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Hey people, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Scheich, and I'm happy to be joining you today. We want to encourage you to be searching for Eagles on the Hill on YouTube and hitting the subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner. You can also follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're out there in all different kinds of venues, forums, and we want to encourage you to be following us as we together follow Jesus and draw strength from him to fly like an eagle. Today, we're going to be going to the land of Israel. The Holy Land. And we want to highlight another uh, just wonderful location there in Israel. The location we're going to be talking about today is one that we have no record that Jesus ever visited. Uh, I have my doubts that Jesus ever visited this location. And so, well, you'd say, well, then what makes it important? Well, I'll tell you what makes it important is that it's mentioned throughout the rest of the New Testament, especially in the book of Acts. It plays a very important role. In addition, if you are not Jewish and listening to us, That means you're Gentile. And if you're Gentile and know Jesus, the faith that came to you as a Gentile began in this particular city. So what is the city I'm talking about? It's Caesarea Maritime. Caesarea Maritime is a city that Herod the Great built from 22 to 10 BC. So before the time of Jesus, Herod the Great built this city on the Mediterranean. He built it to be one of the uh, best ports on the whole Mediterranean Sea back in the day. And also he built it as a barracks for his army that he had there, stationed there throughout the long winters. When you have an army stationed somewhere back in the day, you want to make sure that they're healthy. That they're happy, that they're loyal to you, and what better way to do it than to build a city with lots of entertainment venues where those soldiers can be kept happy and ready to go at your command. And so Herod the Great built both this great port and this uh, city to keep his soldiers happy uh, living as they were far away from Rome. We have an aerial view of this on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening to this on another uh, podcast venue, we can certainly describe it for you easily enough. What was discovered here was, first of all, a theater that seats uh, thousands of people, in fact, is still in use today. It's a beautiful theater, which when you're sitting in the seats watching a performance, you're looking out over the Mediterranean Sea as the sun sets. It's just a gorgeous Gorgeous uh, entertainment venue there, even to this day, 2,000 years later. Of what entertainment venue can you say that today? Usually they last 10, 20, 30 years, and that's it. They bulldoze them over, but this one lasted 2,000 years. Herod also built a grand palace here with a uh, pool, a freshwater pool that he had dug in the in the Mediterranean. So essentially, you're swimming in freshwater in the midst of salt water. Herod's uh, team of builders invented the ability to uh, create concrete underwater. And that was first done here at Caesarea Maritime. There's a port that Herod built here that uh, estimates are 300 ships could dock there, uh, both bringing goods back and forth across the Mediterranean, docking there throughout the winter because you don't want to be out on the Mediterranean back in the day in the wintertime. Also built a hippodrome that estimates are seats 20,000 people. And so the soldiers had plenty of entertainment there as they wintered there. Kept them very happy. It's an amazing archaeological complex today. It's a national park in Israel. And you go there and view it. And uh, Herod the Great, in fact, when you're in Israel, almost every day is influenced in some way by Herod the Great. Herod the Great built so many uh, amazing cities, venues, uh, palaces, uh, fortresses back in the day. Herod the Great died just uh, after Jesus was born. And so Herod the Great is known in Scripture as the, the uh, guy who killed the baby boys in Bethlehem. And that is, when you read that story, that account in Scripture, it sounds atrocious. It is atrocious. And yet for Herod the Great, it was just another day at the office. Herod is known as a person who was um, likely insane, like clinically insane, murdered thousands of people, including members of his own family, his wife, his kids. If he's going to murder his own kids, what's a few kids in Bethlehem to Herod? That's how Herod looked at it. Of course it is and sounds atrocious to us as we read about the pain of the uh, families of those young boys in Bethlehem. But for Herod, it was just another day at the office. And anyway, in history, he's not known as the, as the person who killed those baby boys. That was just a blip for him. In history, he's known as a great builder, one of the greatest builders who ever lived. Of course, I don't picture Herod out there with a hammer and a nail. I think he uh, had a lot of slaves and employed a lot of people to build his buildings for him, but that's what he loved to do, is build. So what is the significance for us then today of Herod's Caesarea Maritime? Well, very significant. Number one, Acts chapter 10. You can look it up and read it. In Acts chapter 10, there was a centurion stationed in Caesarea Maritime, had a vision, a vision to send to Joppa, modern-day Tel Aviv, just to the south of modern-day Tel Aviv, to send to Joppa for a man named Simon, also known to us as Simon Peter. And so Cornelius the centurion sent to Joppa for Peter. Peter, meanwhile, had a vision that he should go with these people all the way to Caesarea Maritime, go into the house of this Roman centurion, not typically a house Peter would have visited, and share the gospel with with these Gentiles. For the first time in history, the Gentiles in mass came to faith in Jesus, and here's how it happened. Peter shared the story of the gospel. At that point, Peter thought that these Gentiles would first have to become Jews then be able to be followers of Jesus. First, they would have to become Jews. In other words, follow, commit to following all the Jewish laws, be circumcised, and then they could believe in Jesus and be saved. What Peter and the others with him discovered that day was when Peter shared the gospel, immediately the Holy Spirit came upon Cornelius and all the Gentiles in the house. They began just as the disciples had begun on Pentecost to receive that Holy Spirit, were baptized, and came to faith in Jesus without following the Jewish laws. Without being circumcised. So a major, major event in the life of the church happened here in Acts chapter 10, and we see that played out then in the rest of the book of Acts. Another major event in the, in the scriptures in the book of Acts happened here at Caesarea Maritime, and that involved the apostle Paul. Paul was a missionary to the Gentiles, and as scripture records, he went out on various missionary journeys, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes leaving from Caesarea Maritime to head out to Greece, to head out to Turkey, to head out even to Rome, And share the gospel of Jesus. In addition, Paul, as we head toward the end of the book of Acts, was uh, captured in, in Jerusalem by Jews who intended to kill him. Paul was rescued by the Roman authorities there, brought to Caesarea Maritime for safekeeping. When Paul got to Caesarea Maritime, he lived in Herod's palace under house arrest for two years. And while he was living there, he was put on trial numerous times the Jews, of course, wanted to kill him. Paul was innocent. And so the authorities, each and every time, wouldn't convict Paul, but they wouldn't let him go free either. Until finally, after two years, Paul made use of his prerogative as a Roman citizen and appealed to Caesar. And so to Caesar he went, and he sailed out from Caesarea Maritime, went to Rome, and that is how the book of Acts ends with Paul arriving in Rome for trial. We don't know 100% accuracy what happened to Paul at that trial, but we believe that he was set free, and he continued a missionary journey to Spain, eventually recaptured, brought back to Rome, and died in Rome, a martyr's death. That's how history records that for us, but that is all outside of the scriptures. The scripture ends at the end of the book of Acts with Paul awaiting trial in Rome. Now, Caesarea Maritime is also important for another reason, and so we'll, uh, we'll get that reason up here on the screen if you're looking there. And that is uh, concerning Pontius Pilate. For many years, end of 19th century, beginning of the 20th century, there was uh, great attacks on Scripture. That Scripture was not true, was not accurate, that the books of the New Testament were not an accurate reflection of what happened back in the day, and uh, the Scriptures were being attacked. One of the uh, people that was, uh, one of the kind of evidences for that That so-called scholars used was that there was no archaeological evidence that Pontius Pilate ever existed. That all changed in 1961. In 1961, a stone was discovered at Caesarea Maritime. A dedication stone was discovered. It was being used as part of, it was reused as part of a staircase, but that was not its original use. Its original use was a dedication stone. And on that dedication stone were the words Tiberium Pilates prefect of Judea. So what was going on with that stone? Well, and that stone, Pontius Pilate and his workers had—Pontius Pilate lived in Caesarea Maritime at that time—Pontius Pilate uh, and his workers had apparently uh, created this temple, perhaps, this Tiberium, and it was dedicated uh, at the time of Tiberius, who was the ruling emperor at the day of Pontius Pilate, And this uh, Tiberium was dedicated to Augustus, who was, at that time, the previous emperor, deified. So Pontius Pilate creates this, what we think is a temple, likely, this Tiberium, and he dedicates it. And it says on the stone, Pontius Pilate, prefect of Judea. So there we had it, archaeological evidence. I know it's a shocker. The books of the New Testament are once again proven accurate by archaeology. Surprise, surprise. Pontius Pilate did in fact exist, as we know from Scripture. I know you probably already believe that, but there's archaeological evidence for you. Pontius Pilate, in fact, was the prefect of Judea during two crucial years, a span of years, but the most crucial years are either 30 or 33 A.D. Those are the only years that Jesus could have been crucified in the way uh and the time frame that the new testament talks about based on the jewish calendar either 30 a.d or 33 a.d and pontius pilate as it turns out was prefect of judea both those years and so the scriptures line up as true so very important for us to have that archaeological evidence not because we doubted the scriptures at all but it kind of um, shuts the critics up once again but of course they find other things to criticize as they, as they typically will. They are so-called scholars, not true scholars who trust Scripture. So there you have it, Caesarea Maritime, a, uh, one of the first sites that we typically visit when we go to Israel, an uh, important site for all sorts of reasons, not having to do with Jesus again, but having to do with the spread of the gospel to the Gentiles, having to do with St. Paul and his missionary journeys and his time spent under house arrest there, and having to do with this amazing find of this stone this dedication stone that lists Pontius Pilate as prefect of Judea. Powerful, powerful testimony of the truth of Scripture. So thanks for joining us today on this Eagles on the Hill podcast. We want to encourage you to email us at eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. That's all one word, eagles on the hill 211 No spaces, dots, dashes, underscores, just straight out. Email us, let us know your thoughts, comments about this particular episode or other episodes that you'd like us to do, things of interest to you, we'll try to get to those. Remember uh, the promise of God in Isaiah chapter 40, that those who hope in the Lord will fly on wings like eagles, and we pray that this podcast today has strengthened your faith in the truth of God's Word. Thanks for joining us.